Hey y'all, welcome back to the Tri Podcast. I am so excited to be on here chatting with you today. It feels like forever since I sat down and I recorded just by myself. I have had so many amazing guest speakers on the podcast in seasons one and two, and I'm just really excited to be sitting here chatting with y'all today. So as promised in one of my final Wellness Wednesdays of the year, today we are talking about my word of the year. And honestly, this idea might be kind of foreign or new to a lot of you. I don't know how many people are on this journey. I don't know if this is like a common thing, but a few of my really close friends have chosen to do this alongside me, and I'm so excited. And I should add a little disclaimer just right at the beginning. It's not too late to pick a word. In fact, some of the friends in my tribe will pick a new word every quarter and some switch halfway through the year. So picking one now doesn't have to feel so final. Like for over 300 days, you're intentionally seeking out just this one word. Y'all, it does not have to be that much of a commitment. It can just be a start to your journey of growing closer to Jesus. So with that being said, my word for 2024 is humility. And humility is one of four words that God put on my heart for this year. The first person that confirmed it was going to be my word was my counselor, Barb. We were in the midst of a counseling session back in November, and without even knowing that I was praying for a word, she encouraged me to pray for humility. So what happened is it's a word that God put on her heart, and then in the midst of one of our sessions, she felt like she should share that with me. She encouraged me to pray for humility in my ministry and in my relationships in every area of life. So I did what I always do. I took a note in my journal, and then I tucked that journal away. And I continued on with my day. And what's interesting is a few weeks later, which is the second place that I heard the word, was actually at the Lisa Turkhurst and Joel Mutamale You're Gonna Make It tour. So it was also in November. It was just a little bit later in the month. And Joel was speaking and he said, humility is thinking of ourselves less, less often. Now, Biblical humility is an awareness of who God is and who I am, and it's recognizing the order and the placement, and while I was sitting there listening to Joel speak, one of the other things he said that really stuck out to me is he said that humility is the soul of the Christian life, and it protects us from pride, which we're going to address a little bit later in the conversation, but what's really cool about hearing this word multiple times is that God will reach us in whatever ways he needs to. Sometimes it's through friends in our tribe or music on the radio A lot of times it's through another podcast that I'm listening to or a sermon at church where I'll just continue to hear the same topic or God will just continue to press upon my heart something specific, whether it's an area that he wants me to work in or just something that has been bothering me for a while and he just is declaring it a season of healing. But when God wants us to hear something, he makes it happen. Now, it's up to us to be connected to the vine and close enough to the Lord to hear the messages, but I love that he uses many avenues along the way. Also, I want to mention that Joel Mutamale, who really is someone that I consider to be a hero of the faith, I put him in a very elite category of people that are brave enough to 
stand up and be obedient in their calling. And I'm learning a lot from him and just being on this journey of watching him on the platform that God has entrusted to him. He is one of those people that has gone before me and he's spreading the gospel. And people like Jim Cress and Lisa Turkers, Jenny Allen, they are pioneering this whole idea of going out in the world and making disciples. And it's so powerful to just watch that journey and those stories unfold. But Joel wrote a book about humility and it gets released in two months. Like literally I am counting down y'all. It's being released at the beginning of March and it's called The Hidden Peace. And I've already pre-ordered it and I cannot wait to get my hands on it. Y'all listen to what the front cover says. It says, finding true security, strength, and confidence through humility. I'm like, okay, Lord, hello, I hear you, loud and clear. The last place that I heard humility, and I'll be honest, I've heard humility a lot since I've decided that it was going to be my word, but the third place that I wrote down in my journal that really stuck out to me was another Christian author and speaker. And at that point, I was like, okay, this is what we're going to do. Like, let's go. God, I'm hearing you. We're going to move forward and we're going to do this. And what I loved about 2023 was that it was a big year of God putting the right people and the right books in my life and in my hands. And I am joyfully expectant that 2024 will be the same. This book that Joel wrote, especially in the world that we live in, and as we continue to grow closer to Jesus, is one that's going to be so powerful. I don't know if you follow his work or you know what he does, but it's going to be a game changer. So I would highly recommend going and ordering it. Okay, so let's get back on track. Before we get into the scriptures, let's define humility and pride. If humility protects us from pride, I want to be really clear on what these two words mean and then how they kind of like coexist and what that looks like. So humility by definition is the quality or condition of being humble, modest opinion or estimate of one's own importance and rank. Okay, so like we get it, being humble. And then pride is a high or inordinate opinion of one's own dignity, importance, merit, or superiority, whether it's cherished in the mind or is displayed in bearing contact. It's the state of feeling proud. So I think in our hearts and in our minds, we already understand what those two words are, but it's really easy when you define them one after the other to see why they're in direct conflict with one another. And here's where I'm kind of starting out this year. We have all been called to spread the gospel and to be disciples. I am not someone special that has been called by God in a unique way. We are all called by God. Now, it's going to look different in the way that it shows up in our lives. Like some of us are called in our vocation, whether we're in the factory or a stay-at-home parent. It could be in the hospital or corporate America. Others of us have been called as pastors or church employees, and some of us are in the schools teaching students and just loving on them in that way. 
service roles, uh, police officers, firefighters, people on the front lines, like it's going to look different based on where God has placed you in the season of your life. But at the end of the day, scripture is clear that we are all to be disciples. In fact, the Great Commission in Matthew 28 says to go and make disciples. Like it is direct, it is clear, and there is a mission. So what I'm recognizing is that it's not my own good works that are allowing this ministry tribe to flourish. It's God's hand of favor and protection. And listen, God could call me to quit this mission tomorrow and tribe would be done. But for every day that he continues to put it on my heart, I'm going to be obedient. And I'm obedient because I trust the character and the faithfulness of our loving God. Y'all, I do not trust myself and my own discipline and my own heart. I trust that God is the same today, yesterday, and tomorrow. I trust that he wants the best for my life and that he knows the better way than I do. And I trust that he's leading me when I speak through this platform and in my everyday life and relationships. Okay, so I had a really sweet experience last month. I was volunteering in my middle son Mason's classroom. We were decorating gingerbread houses and listening to Christmas music. And I wore a shirt that day that said, Jesus loves you. It's not like a bold in your face shirt where the letters are huge. It's just three words with a period at the end. And it caught the attention of a few of my son's classmates. One of them said, your shirt is right. That's all that really matters. And y'all, these are 10 and 11 year old kids, but hearing their response to seeing a shirt that says Jesus loves you, I had to stop and pause when I left. And I was like, okay, they get it. Like they see it. And what happens when we do this and we have these conversations is we're creating an opportunity for other people to talk about Jesus or ask about Jesus. And it was fun because after the kids were kind of talking about the shirt, my son and I went on to invite one of the little boys and his family to church. And then another kid in the class asked if he could come to church. And when I started to give the details, my son literally stopped me and said, I've got this mom. I'll tell them the road and the time and everything they need to know. Y'all, that is being a disciple. It is extending the invitation. It's talking about Jesus. It's not thinking that we're any better or we're any worse than others. We are humbly inviting people to church so that they can hear from and experience God. And for those of you that don't know, my kids go to a public school. Like it's not like they're at a Christian school and they're having chapel time together and an invitation to church would be easy. We were making gingerbread houses during a holiday party. Like how powerful is that? Okay, so I did my research on scripture in preparation for this topic. And just to be clear, I am in no way an expert on humility. In fact, I don't think God would have even put a word on my heart that I've already mastered. It's clearly an area of growth for me. So please receive this message knowing that it came from a sinner who is in need of a savior. Y'all, I do not have it all figured out, but because I'm working on the biblical form of humility, I know the book that has all the answers, and I'm going to share some of those with you today. But before I do, here's one of the definitions I found of biblical humility. It said, the practice of meekness, obedience to God, respect of self and others, submissiveness, and modesty. 
Really, it incorporates the idea of putting others' needs before my own and being willing to sacrifice for others. It's living our lives the way that Jesus did. It's that servant mindset. It's not loud and proud. It's quiet and it's intentional and it requires practice and self-discipline. We have to draw close to Jesus to have this humble mindset. It's recognizing our place in it all. We are not above God. Y'all, we aren't even close to God. Like we are way down the ladder, but he still wants to use us. And that gets me even after all these years of being a Christian and walking with the Lord. It's our choice if we want to be obedient. Okay, so getting into the scriptures, there are many verses that I could have chosen for humility, but I recently finished an in-depth study of Colossians with our couple's small group. So I was kind of hyper-focused in that area of the Bible, and it's found in Colossians 3, verse 17. It says, and whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. And then Colossians 3 verse 12, it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Here's what my counselor said to me in one of my mini counseling sessions. And I think this is kind of a good way to wrap it up. Honestly, it sounds a little harsh, but if you knew Barb and her heart for others and for Jesus, you wouldn't even blink over this feedback. She said that I am no one special. I'm just a willing vessel that God is using in this particular season for the task of spreading the message. Now, that's not to say that we are not uniquely called and set apart for a mission, but God's plans will not be thwarted. Y'all, if God has a purpose and a plan that needs to be carried out and I am not ready to receive it, he will use someone else for the mission. He is not waiting around for me to be obedient. He has a plan that is going to be carried out and he will use willing and obedient messengers to do it. Now, when we are ready and we receive it, then he uses us In fact, I spent two years praying for this ministry. It was post-pandemic and 2021 and 2022, God had planted a seed in my heart and I had no idea what it was going to look like or even what God wanted me to do. I just had this overwhelming sense of needing to pray and prepare my heart and my mind for what was to come. And that meant God giving me the courage to walk away from unhealthy relationships It meant spending time in solitude and drawing close to the Lord. It meant seeking out ministry classes and quieting my heart. It was that process of healing from past hurts and trauma that I had been through. Y'all, it was intense counseling and crying and praying. And then God gave me the green light. I received more information about how to move forward and spread the gospel, but I had to do the humble work of sorting through all of my mess and my problems. I had heartbreak that needed to be addressed. I had traumatic experiences that I needed to heal from. Y'all, I had to mourn some of the relationships that I lost. And here's a big one. Don't miss this. Relationships that I hoped would be different and weren't. Basically, I just had to unravel all the mess and all of the chaos of the last 37 years of my life. No big deal, you know, just an average Wednesday. 
but from my earliest memories in childhood to my adult life as a wife and a mom, I needed to find my identity in Jesus. And I did that by recognizing my place and applying humility to my life. God wants all of me. He wants all of you, even the broken and the messy parts of our lives. Y'all, there are a lot of labels that have been placed on me, and a lot of them were true to my circumstances and just the sin that I was living in and the brokenness that I found myself in when I was low in my valleys. But I'm going to be honest with you, if I wouldn't have had those seasons of heartache and heartbreak, I would not be able to stand in front of you and have these conversations and remind you that you are who God says you are. And we have to rise above and we have to stand firm in our faith because We have been set apart by God and God is for us so we can give up control and we can pray a humble prayer and we can ask God to put a word on our heart for the new year. You know, it's something that I've talked about before, but I think it's really easy to set new year's resolutions and goals and kind of fall into the worldly version of what we're supposed to do or what makes sense in the new year. Y'all, it is a lot harder to have a singular focus. So I would encourage you to seek out a word for 2024. Start journaling and start praying because God wants to use your life this year and it's going to be so powerful. I truly, truly believe that the best is yet to come and know that I'm going to be praying alongside you. I'll end with this. James 4 verse 10 says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Let's make heaven crowded. I'm praying for y'all and I'll see you next week.